welcome. In today's session, we are going to discuss Texas, the state of Texas, and their child support process and determine whether or not it is unconstitutional. Let's get started. A few months ago, there was a dear legislative letter that was sent out to the Attorney General of Texas. I have the letter here on the screen, and basically, the legislator, whose name is James White, asked the Attorney General, uh, which is Ken Paxton, uh, about what is called, you know, the rights of parents and children. So I've reviewed this letter, and I want to compare that to the Department of Justice letter that was released a few years ago, of which, of course, the Department of Justice attempted to rescind it. But that doesn't mean you can't use the information that was in the letter. So from that, I developed a video called The Five Lawsuits. And it's available here on the channel. But I want to compare the information that's in the Texas letter along with the rules in the DOJ letter. Hello, my name is Chris. And on this channel, we show how your rights are in conflict with the child support agency. And we show you uh, some techniques of how to understand the process. Here, we're covering what is called our non-lawyer maxim. That is, on this channel, we provide education on the law, education on statute, so that you can understand what is happening within the child support program and how you can protect your rights. So on the law and lawyer maxim, it states that in NAACP versus Button, the case law, that you cannot be charged with the unauthorized practice of law. Again, we don't practice law here. All we do is provide educational law under the First Amendment. So let's get started. We have a call to action at the end of this presentation, sort of help you if you're within the state of Texas, of what are the, the difficulties with the Texas child support system and how you can protect yourself. It is our opinion that all men in this United States are enrolled in the child support program. We refer to a section of the statute called 45 CFR 264.30, where it states here on number one that the state agency must refer all appropriate individuals in the family of a child for whom paternity has not been established or for whom child support orders are not needed. So our conclusion is that all men in the U.S. are enrolled in the program, except a portion of them have an active case. Now, we have another video on our site called Defend My Rights. If you want to know how to defend your rights or have ideas, please review that, that video. Let's take a look at the letter that was given to the Attorney General from, again, Honorable James Wright, as to what are the issues with families and children. So I put a summary here on the screen on the left. It says, seeking an opinion, this is for, uh, you know, paraphrasing Mr. Wright, seeking an opinion regarding the factors or standards that the courts use when applying the balance of the rights of the state of Texas 
and the fundamental rights of the parents in terms of raising their children free from government intrusion. So the summary is, what are those court standards that you use and how they impact the parents' rights? So we've looked into this letter and we've done some other additional research. On the letter, you will see to the right, it's a code number, RQ0258KP. So we wanted to know what was that referencing? We discovered that it was from the Texas Public Policy Foundation and it was addressed to the Attorney General. And what they were asking about an incident that happened and they wanted clarification. What happened was in January of 2018, the Child Support Protective Services removed children from innocent parents. In one particular case, Judge Michael Schneiderman ordered the CPS to pay a sanction of $127,000 to this parent for lying about the false allegation of the physical abuse. So that was a charge from the court, which led to this letter. So there seems to be a problem with the Texas Child Support Program. So this is, an, as I said, an unconstitutional action by CPS. So hence my title, that the Texas Child Support System is unconstitutional. But there are some other problems, and we will look into those. We've said that The child support, Title IV-D, is a single and separate unit, and that's under code 45 CFR 301.1. And that code basically says that the Office of Child Support is within the Department of Health that has the responsibility for administering the program. So the question becomes, if it falls under the Department of Health, Why are you in court or family court regarding child support? Well, here is where the IDV agency that was created by Congress, and in order to have an office or be within the court, family court system, they had to create what is called a cooperative arrangements. That falls under 45 CFR 302.34. This is where the IDV agency, which is child support, that's the name of the agency, has arrangement with the courts and law enforcement. And some of the the responsibilities of law enforcement was, one, to give them access to rooms within the court, but also to provide enforcement, investigation. And the details of that falls under 45 CFR 235.70. So this is how that closes that loop how child support, which is a congressional program, federal program, is involved within our court system, which is the judicial branch. Here is one of those cooperative agreements I have here on the screen. It is from the Office of Attorney General, and it's a contract between Collin County, Texas. The contract number is 17-C0016. So the question you would ask is, well, is this contract real? Is this contract number real? Could you search the database for that? Well, the issue with child support is that they don't tell you that they're on the contract. It's all contract law. So in this example I have here, it's a contract. It says child support cases. So the Office of Attorney General has a contract 
with the Collin County, Texas. So let's say this. Let's say there was no contract. I'm actually making this up. There's no agreement. It is all under the judicial program, and this is just the way it is. Well, upon further research, we reviewed a case out of Tennessee, Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee, and it's between a group of mothers who decided to sue the child support services, and they name as defendant the attorney general, whose name is Victor Johnson III. And this case was filed on December 4, 2004. The facts of the case is that, that the mothers sued the child support agency for not going after the fathers to collect child support. And we'll talk more about the process for that later in other videos. But for now, this is the essence of the case. On page two of that lawsuit, which I have here on the screen on, on the right, so let's read it. It says, DHS has a contract with Mr. Johnson III of the district attorney, Davidson County, along with the, the government county office. And these services are required by Title IV-D. The original complaint named them as parties, as defendants. However, during the course of this litigation, the contract expired, thus muting the claim against Mr. Johnson and the government agency that the parties entered into, dismissing Mr. Johnson. So, so we said that the Attorney General's office is operating under a cooperative arrangement. So here is my evidence. The Nashville, the Attorney General for Tennessee, has a cooperative arrangement within the Nashville and the county, wherein as they're being sued as defendant. So to understand that many of our Attorney Generals are having contracts with the Title IV-D agency, and this was filed in this case. Now, many people will say that they brought this case before the circuit court. That's irrelevant in this. The footnote says that this case was dismissed. They lost it, not because they brought it into federal court. Some people say, don't bring child support. That's not true. That's not the basis of the case. The attorney general was dismissed because their contract expired. Again, the cooperative arrangement expired. What if the contract was not expired? Will this case move forward? Perhaps. But so here comes the problem. We're talking about that the Office of Attorney General has a contract with the Title IV-D agency. Well, the Supremacy Clause of the United States makes it very clear, and I have it here. It says, it established that the federal constitution and federal law generally take precedence over state laws, even state constitution, and it prohibits the states from interfering with the exercise of the federal government. Also, the Separation of Powers Act says that the government is divided into three distinct branches, legislative, executive, and judicial. No person or persons charged with the exercise of power properly belonging to one branch of government shall exercise any power properly belonging to either of the other branches. They're not permitted. And that's Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the Constitution of the United States. So here is the question. How can the Attorney General of a state 
have a contract with a separate single organization within Congress. Those are two separate, and it's unconstitutional for that to happen. Well, how they get around it is with the cooperative agreement, a contract. Think about that for a second. Now, if you disagree with with, uh, what we've done so far, please feel free to send us an email. Uh, We'll enjoy We'll entertain your questions uh, regarding this issue of the Supremacy Clause. So let's go back to the statute again. Single and separate unit, 45 CFR 301, under the Department of Health. This letter I have on the screen is from the Attorney General of Texas. And at the bottom of the screen, I have a red arrow that says, Office of the Attorney, Office of the Attorney General of Texas, Title IV D Agency. Let's go back to the statute. So I took a paragraph out, and it says, the Child Support Division of the Attorney General's Office is authorized by state and federal law to assist families in establishing and enforcing child support orders. That is not possible. The Supremacy Clause unites it makes it very clear that the Office of Attorney General, which is the highest lawyer in the state, is under judicial branch. There are no correlation between federal law and assist. So this statement is not true, but yet this is the letter. So what is happening? Well, the attorney general is actually in his what? Private capacity. The attorney general is allowed to have a contract outside of work. Nothing's wrong with that. But here they're saying that the office attorney general is the Title IV-D agency as a result of the cooperative agreement. Well, it's not. It's just a contract. Now, where does that lead us with this statement? We've said on this channel over and over again that the child support agreement and arrangements are nothing more than interstate contract. Now, under the the case law from the United States Supreme Court, U.S. versus SAGE, it says exactly that that it is a contract, and to accept any other definition is not true. Again, it's the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. They were correct. It is all contracts. We also note that the Supreme Court also says, under Blessing versus Freestone, that operation of the child support Title IV D program was never intended to benefit the parents, either the mother, the father, or the child. In fact, the only purpose of a Title IV D is to do what? Collect their collection agency, their contracts. So where does all this lead? And the purpose of analyzing both the the Attorney General's letter along with the the Department of Justice letter. The Department of Justice letter, we said there were five lawsuits that you could file, and in other videos we reviewed that. But in this particular case, your attorney general is operating as a private individual within Title IV-D, not as an attorney general. That is the fraud. And if that's the case, then you can sue the attorney general under what is called third-party subcontractor guidelines. The case laws for that is Luger versus Edmonton. And why? We've proven that in the Nashville case, 
that the mothers did name both the child support director and the attorney general as defendant in that case. And the only reason why the attorney general escaped further legal action because the contract expires. That's it. So there is a contract. Whether they want to deny a court attorney general that there is no contract, the entire child support process is a legal process. I'm not sure how they arrived at that because the Supreme Court says it's not. Um, and the Supreme Court is the law of the land. Therefore, attorney generals must abide by the law of the land. So where does that leave you as a father within a child support agency? And you're being pursued for payment. Well, the first thing you now know is if you go into that child support room in family court, you're not in court. You're in contract law. You're in a room with someone that has a robe on and police with guns, but everyone in that room are contractors. They're private contractors, which means you should be screaming jurisdiction. From the, you walk in that room, you want three things, which we suggest you ask for under what we call our call to action. You want to have a copy of the, of the Department of Justice letter. If you don't have a copy of that, we have, we have a copy. That we'll be happy to share it with you. You also want the COL form. Uh, we will do another video on the COL form, uh, how to use that uh, effectively. Now, you also want to request the contract for the attorney general. They're probably going to tell you there is no contract. This is a judicial process. But we've shown in our evidence, in our research, there were several cases that we have, we've researched, where the contract becomes the question before the court before discussing anything else. If there's an active contract, that contract must be brought forward for review to determine is it valid or has it expired or what are the, the case of a contract. So finally, if you are in family court over a contract dispute, ask to disclose all the contracts. And that's where you start. The next thing is you want to get out of this program. I've shown you in this video and in all the videos on this channel, uh, please feel free to watch them again that you are in a contract environment. We've given you the case laws to review. Again, if you arrive, uh, arrive at a different conclusion, please feel free to let us know. So this brings us to the end. Uh, again, we're here. If you have comments on this video or any other video, uh, we ask for a small donation to help us continue our research so that we can bring you more information. And we're asking for a gift of, of, of about $25. Um, please let us know. So at the end here, there are some other videos we want you to review as well, uh, such as the income withholding, as well as, you know, completing the, the COL template. And with that, thank you.